On today's show, we'll be talking about restaurants and wineries opening in Phase 2, who has closed permanently, and a true loss as we mourn the passing of Roseanne Finkel of Pike Brewing Company. We'll discuss our eating out experiences so far and what we've been eating at home. And our guest this month is Debbie Franz, owner of A Bit of Taste Queen Anne Olive Oil, who will share her expertise. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, I'm Leslie Mackey from Macrina Bakery here in Seattle, and I want to welcome you to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the July 2020 Seattle Dining Show, number 2007. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Hello, all you listeners and readers and food lovers. Ooh, a new entry for you. A whole new way to start the show off. I need to make like a hundred of those so I never repeat myself. (laughs) We don't want people to get bored with us. It's true. Hey, um... We thought we'd talk today about what it's like, our first impressions of what it's like to go out and dine out now, that you can actually go out and dine out. Uh-huh. So we've, we've done a few things. Um, a couple of them were takeout, and a couple of them have been actually dining out. So let's talk about the dining out ones first. Overall, what's your kind of impression of going out? Uh, it's different. Yeah. Kind of freaky. I went to one place, I won't name what it is, but the server didn't wear a face mask. I didn't think that was cool. Whoa, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, um, but you know, it seems real sterile. I mean, you go in, it got every other table closed down. Although, you know, like we went by uh, Flint Creek Cattle Company last night, and they had like tables next to each other going on. Yeah. I thought that was maybe not following the rules. Yeah, and this may be a timing issue, like... The moment we happened to pass, but all the tables in the windows were empty, and I think those windows open. So it's like, why were why was no one sitting there? But on the next row over, further into the restaurant, it wasn't that they were smack next to each other; they were back to back. Yeah, you know, back it was to tables back. for two, back to back. Which I don't. I still don't think that seems. I like, don't think that's kosher, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not the police. Yeah. Somebody call the police, will you? Yeah, somebody don't call the police because then we'll be called by Flint Creek and Eric will be all mad at us. Defund the police and then call them. (laughs) Well, Um, we... I don't know. Let's see. We went somewhere the other day. I mean, it's kind of weird. You know, your server comes to the table with a mask on, stands six feet away. But I'm okay with that. I'll live with it, you know. Yeah. And I, I think... Oddly enough, you get sort of used to things. When we were we went to Castilla over in Bellevue, and it's a pretty large place. Mm-hmm. There were more people in there probably than anywhere I've eaten out so far. Mm-hmm. But it was spread out. You know, we weren't anywhere near anyone. 
Um, and of course, masks and gloves on the servers. And we wore masks in until we got our drinks. Um, it was the most normal to me so far. They had music on. Other than it being so sterile and not packed, it was more normal mm-hmm. to me. And that, that was nice. Um, we went to Duke's at Green Lake, but we sat out on the patio. So that seemed, of course, again, uh, the, the person waiting on us was six feet away. And, um, and they were very, I noticed this, uh, they might have done this at Castilla too, but Duke's was very careful about asking you about everything. Is it all right if I take that plate away? Because they have to come in and get it. Uh-huh. You know, they got to get closer to you to clear that table off. And it yeah. was sort of like you could say, just leave it and take it when we leave. Or, yeah, sure, fine, go. You know, so they were being quite cautious, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to uh, an Azteca, and they put me in the back in the corner, and I thought that was perfect. Because I didn't I don't want to be sitting at a table where everybody's passing by. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy about eating in restaurants right now. I don't mind going and getting the food to go still and bringing it home and having it here. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I was going to say today that I've been feeling that as soon as they open things up, things would go wild because people have such pent-up desire to be out. But I am one of those people, and I love eating out. And I'm a little worried about the restaurant industry right now because when I start thinking about it, I think, oh, yeah, I'd love to go out. And then it's like, oh, God, it's almost easier to either just go pick it up or just make something at home. And if I'm thinking that way, you know, how many other people are thinking that way? And especially for me, I'm thinking families. I don't know that parents want to go out, have a date night or something, and come home and potentially bring some germs home to the kids. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I'm hoping I'm wrong about this, and I'm hoping – that we don't see a lot of cases. We are jumping up, but I don't think it's restaurants' faults. But um, I thought it was interesting. We got the pizza from the Ridge last night, and they really don't have the interior restaurant open. Oh, they don't. Mm-mm. Well, again, you know, I mean, they at do least have not the, up in the front there. I didn't look all the way in the yeah. back, did you? Oh, you weren't. I wasn't you were in. in the car. I waited in the car. Um, I wasn't going to go in. You had to go in and get those germs. Stay in the car. <laughs> I'll go get the food. He's such a man. No, I was thinking uh, they're not really big. I mean, they have two levels in there, but it's it's not a ton of seating. So I'm thinking they're probably one of those places that's saying, I'm not going to do more than takeout until we can fully open. Mm-hmm. You know, because... They had one table out on the sidewalk open. Okay. I think they only have two, so... Yeah, 50%, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure we talked about it before, but we did go to a Mexican place in Arlington a couple weeks ago and could eat inside, but it was really strange. First of all, it was our first experience of dining in a oh, restaurant. that's right, it was, yeah. Second of all, they had no music on. It was like just an empty room. There were like, when we came in, there were like four people, six people in there, four people left immediately. So then it was just this one couple and us. And we were, you know, it was a big place and we were miles apart. Um, so it felt like eating in a tomb. There was no no music I wasn't ever actually sure who our server was. I don't think there was any one server. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the other night about how um, 
they're really not because they can only operate now at fifty percent capacity. Uh, they're really not interested in letting you have a, a two or three hour meal. Yeah, uh, they want to get you in and get you out. Yeah, so. they got to fill those tables if you're going to make any money at all. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing I think that is a little off putting. I don't go out thinking we're going to be someplace for three hours, and and I probably haven't done that except when I have just a blowout meal, you know, with appetizers and cocktails and salads and, you know, course after course. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not normally that long. But you love to know that if it's just one of those evenings, you could just sit and enjoy and talk. And you and I have those every now and then where for some reason we just get off and start talking and talking and talking. And those are wonderful evenings. But you, you don't, do that at home. Well, yeah, but I mean... I think sometimes it's that social atmosphere mm-hmm. of a restaurant that prompts it or, or the alcohol that makes it keep going or something. Yeah. Um, You're not going to get that right now. Yeah. And it's a little – you need to be cognizant of it because I, I would like to have restaurants to go back to. So I don't want to take up a table for the whole night. But it does alter that experience, that potential experience. Yeah, and instead I get to annoy all my neighbors by having dinner out on the patio and they can hear all my stories with all the trash talking and, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was kind of rude when your neighbor leaned over and said, I've already heard that story, Tom. Could you come up with something new? (laughs) That did not actually happen. (laughs) I thought it was, um, I don't know if it was adorable or sad when you picked up the cat and waved the cat's paw at the neighbor. Yeah, but you notice how how when I tossed her, I actually got her to, she made it all the way to the other patio. (laughs) Don't even say that. Only because Ted was right there to catch her. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's what has been happening out. What's been happening at home? What have we been eating? Actually, we were going to talk about, oh, well, we were going to talk about some of the restaurants that we've eaten at recently. Well, we talked about Castilla and Dukes and the Mexican place. And then uh, we didn't talk about the China City. That's right. This was when we went over, we had our little one-night getaway to Whidbey Island. Which was kind of a bomb, a bust. But it we was. had a nice drive. We had a great drive. Yeah. But but we went to a Best Western, and we ended up uh, getting food to go from the Chinese restaurant next door to the Best Western called the China City. And that was, before we ate, a bummer for me. Because I was re- – that Island County was more open mm-hmm. than King, so – I had this vision of what we just talked about. I wanted to go to a nice place, have a cocktail. Yeah, we wanted to go down to like the Captain Whidbey Inn and have dinner. Yeah, they were closed completely. And they were completely closed. Um, And then we found a place that we wanted to try out. I wanted to try out. You were not convinced. But it had a lovely view, and it would have had great cocktails. And and it was 20 minutes away from the hotel. We didn't want to drive it after drinking. Yeah, so we didn't want to go back. Because, you know, the food's only going to be so good. Yeah, and you didn't see anything on the menu you were crazy about. I saw several Mm-mm. things I could eat. but So a little bit bummed beginning, and then here we go, takeout, next to the hotel. So go ahead. So I had the uh, walnut prawns, the honey walnut prawns. They were, they were actually they were pretty good. good. They were good. They weren't too fishy. They weren't fishy at all, I didn't think. Yeah. And they didn't taste frozen to me. They probably were, but they didn't They didn't have that frozen for a while taste. Maybe they got them at PCC and they're all wild caught. And, <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Uh, and th- that poor restaurant, it had just opened and then they had a kitchen fire. 
kitchen fire. Can you imagine after all this time? So then they just that night that we went there, they had this was it was the first night they'd opened after they'd oh you know had the fire. Mm-hmm. And I I ordered the Mongolian beef, and I thought that was good. It was tender. I, you know, sometimes you don't know. Was that the one? I think on that on the menu that day it said everything was had been uh, marinated in liquid smoke. <laughs> Okay, we had a little kitchen fire. We're just going to pivot and make this the right thing. We'll we'll make make lemonade out of lemons. A little liquid smoke special. <laughs> fire went off. Then the uh, spigots in the ceiling went off to put it out. So liquid smoke. What do you got? Yeah, we're making liquid smoke. The kitchen's not on fire. We're just making liquid smoke right now. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not supposed to laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> yeah, I actually you... got that out of uh, Chef Jokey Smurf's joke book. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> Chef Jokey Smurf. All right, so then we went to uh, Snohomish, and we we walked around downtown on 2nd Avenue and uh, checked out a place called Gorilla Bites, spelled G-R-I-L-L-A. Yeah, not Gorilla. Gorilla. Not Gorilla. And, uh, eh, you know, they're really trying to be uh, clean. Yeah, a lot of organic food. stuff. Uh, again, it was awkward because it's COVID-19, so it was like, mm, here's a little table over here you can sit at. Yeah. Um, some people were sitting outside. I thought the food was okay. I thought it was a, a – they were making an attempt. Yeah. I, I I almost get more upset at people who make an attempt to do healthy food and don't do it well because the people who are dragging their feet about eating better try it and go, it doesn't really have that much flavor. I'm not coming back. Yeah, well, the problem is is that if you if you go up to that level, then your food cost is sky high and nobody will patronize your place and you'll be out of business. Yeah, so. that's true. So I don't know. But if you're looking for some healthy food around Snohomish, I think the closest you're going to get is Gorilla Bites. Yeah, yeah. And at least, you know, we're, we're pretty darn picky. Somebody else might have tasted oh, that people, food and gone, this is fabulous. Yeah, so we, we don't wanna... there's people who think that that's superb, so go yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, also up that way, you mentioned it earlier, the Mexican restaurant in Arlington, which is called La Hacienda, which is a chain of Mexican restaurants like we have with Azteca and Mazatlan here in the state of Washington. And uh, we were actually pretty impressed. It actually was pretty decent food and, you know, I don't know. My notes say the guacamole was excellent. And I remember it was kind of a chunky guacamole. It was chunky and Lots there was a lot of cilantro in it. Oh yeah, yeah, it had cilantro in it, uh, but you know, it was it was decent. Didn't it didn't have tomato in it? Did it? It did. I was just going to bring, but this it wasn't up bad because you do not like tomato and guacamole, and you love this guacamole. And it was because the tomatoes were fresh. Now yeah. maybe this was because they had just opened, and of course they were well, doing takeout, so yeah. that may not be. But but the tomatoes were quite fresh, so it didn't have that. The guac's been hanging around, and, and it's fine, but the tomatoes have started to go. Yeah, because any time you know. a, a Mexican restaurant closes up at night and puts that leftover guacamole from the day into the fridge, if it has tomatoes in it, it it's really lousy. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And I don't typically make guacamole with tomatoes, but, Mm-mm. you know, I'll put up with it. But this was good. This was actually good. I, I thought 
for me, it was a little too much cilantro. I felt like I was not getting as much avocado flavor, kind of the typical guacamole flavor. I was getting more of the cilantro, but I didn't dislike it at all. Mm-hmm. You didn't see me slowing down when we were eating it. All right. Now let's talk about what we've been eating at home. All right. I, I was actually had nothing on it for me because I thought I had reprised a couple things that had worked well in the past, and I didn't think they worked very well this time, something I was doing. So I wasn't going to put anything up. But then I, I made some chicken burgers the other night that I thought actually were pretty good. Yeah, they were. They were really good. Where did you get that ground chicken at? Um, 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 was it Ballard? Boy, I can just PCC? picture. It was a store I'm not used to being in. Oh. Um, Whole Foods? Oh, you know what? It was Safeway. Safeway? In Ballard. And it was organic chicken. Oh, my God. Yeah, they had quite a few or, uh, organics things in there. Um, and, in fact, this is an interesting thing. I don't know why this would be. But I normally shop at the Queen Anne. If I go to Safeway, I go to the one near my house on Queen Anne. Um, they are out of every. They put their specials out, and I go in to buy their specials, and they don't have anything. They're really not um, stocked very well. The Safeway Ballard was stocked a lot. Huh? They had everything. Huh? And they didn't even have some. They had the the same deals apparently go from Safeway to Safeway, but they weren't. They were like a buck higher, and I showed the guy, and he said, oh, I think this is just that you didn't check off something, but I'm happy to take that money off, and he took, he gave me all the deals. Good. So they were very good, and then he smiled when I left and said, don't shop there anymore. Shop in the Ballard Safeway. Well, tell the Queen Anne one that you're going to shop at Trader Joe's if they don't <laughs> shape up. <laughs> they know I won't because I'd have to stand in line. So, but anyway, the the chicken burgers had sage in them as well as chopped green onion and garlic. So we're gonna we're gonna whip up a version of that and publish yeah, that. Okay. We'll put that on Seattle Dining because that, uh, that turned out really good. And I made three, and I had one for dinner the next night, and it was equally as good. I just warmed it up in a pan. Well, this one I don't know if we can publish it because yeah. I don't know if I wrote it down. Oh, which one? The uh, peach and strawberry salad. Did I write that down with the blue cheese? I don't think so, but you could. You made that up on the fly. I think you could do it again. Well, so what was the? Uh, did I put? I put almonds in that, right? I didn't. No, do I, pine think nuts. Pine nuts. I, I think it was pine nuts. I think it was. I think it was almonds. Oh, okay. Because I've been doing pine nuts so much, I want to do something different. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make up a version and try it one more time, and I'll be sure to write it. I, you know, I should just start videotaping everything I do in the kitchen because <laughs> I don't remember anything I do if I'm doing it off the top of my head. You'd be appalled if you saw that film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, don't do that. Then you'd know how ADD I was. <laughs> it's the 13th time he's walked over to the compost bin in 60 seconds. <laughs> Is he going to check that recipe again because he's been to that book 42 times? Yeah, why does he always use the same book over and over again? <laughs> uh, it was really good. I, so it had blue yeah. cheese. It had uh, fresh peaches, fresh strawberries. Uh, probably had a white balsamic apricot. Uh, and then uh, some, uh, I know it had organic olive oil, a little bit of salt and pepper. No, it was probably bad. Did I cut up mint and put it in there? I might have. You might have put some mint in. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll work up another rendition of it, and if it's good, we'll publish it. Yeah. The, the killer one for me was that lamb you made. 
That lamb was quite good. So uh, what I was looking for to do was some lamb loin. And, uh, you know, we've been, if you listen to the show, you know, we've been talking a lot about sous vide. And I didn't want to go sous vide on this. So I I just got out one of my regular books and uh, read up and read up and read up and uh, figured out that I could pull this off without doing a sous vide and get the lamb just right. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I marinated that lamb in a brine of salt water, wine. I think that's it. I think it was just those two. Oh, no, brown sugar. Mm, Yeah. And the reason I put the brown sugar on it is because I wanted it to brown real nice when I seared it in the pan. Do a little caramelizing. Yeah. So that worked out real good. We'll have to publish that one, Did you put a dry... And so like a dry rub on it before you cook oh, it? Oh, that's what it was. It was a dry rub. Yeah, that's what I was thinking that's you told right. me. Yeah. See, I told you I can't remember anything. Yeah. I have a camera rolling 24 hours a day in my kitchen. This is why he hangs out with me. I'm so much younger. My brain is just clicking all the time. You know, i got to keep him, keep his memory right. Actually, I, I did type that one up in the morning. Yeah. The good. next morning, I typed it all up. Because okay. it was so good, I didn't want to forget it. Yeah. But that was... lamb was just delicious. Umqua Valley lamb that I, that we got down at PCC. Super tender. Oh, the most tender so lamb tender. I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, nothing gamey about it, like, like a New Zealand or an Australian lamb. Mm-hmm. Not at all. No mutton flavor to it. Um, so that was good. Then we did a, a paella. Yeah. And uh, that one came out. Pretty good, but I think I need to cut down the chorizo. Oh, now see, that's what I like best. Yeah, I don't like that much chorizo, and I and I want it. I want it almost shaved, not, mm, not chunky. Because I don't like that burst of that flavor in my mouth when I've also got shrimp and chicken going on. Yeah, and the shrimp was a little overdone, and I think that was the recipe. I think it should it go in closer to the end and not. Yeah, you know what I I would do? This would be a pain in the butt, though. But, you know, you sous vide the shrimp. And then when you're ready to serve, you you, you tuck it into the yeah. rice. And yeah. that way it's not going to get too messed up. Yeah, I think that would be better. But it won't have all the flavors of the rice in the shrimp. Yeah. Whereas in the recipe we used, we cooked shrimp. We, we actually put the raw shrimp into the paella and cooked yeah. it. But it had it put in way too early because then it wanted you to cook it like 10 minutes or more. Yeah. And that 10 minutes is a lot on a shrimp. Yeah. And yeah. it's surrounded by everything that's already cooked, all the rice and everything, so it's really getting Yeah. And it was a, th- that recipe, I think the saffron was uh, messed up. The saffron should be mixed into the uh, stock that you're going to use to cook the rice with yeah. so that it comes out evenly when you yeah. put it in. I, I sort of felt like I, I enjoyed it, but you have made paella in the past, a couple of years since you've really done it, but you you had really come up with some good paella recipes that I like better than that, although you really liked the toast on this one. This one had really good flavor. Yeah. I'm always looking for good flavor. And that toast. Oh, the toast, yeah. 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 Um, before we head off to talk about tidbits from the News Bites file, is there anything you've had wine-wise that you thought, I got a bunch of stuff from BevMo, um, and that, now I can't remember, it was Match Book Chardonnay, I thought was pretty good because we tried the Kirkland Chardonnay from Costco, and I enjoyed it, but it was very buttery and oaky, so you got to like, like that. Though, I do, so. too, so I liked it. Yeah. 
And these are all wines. I'm looking at nine ninety nine or less. I've bought some wines for seven bucks. You know, that match book I think from Bevmo was was good, and it I was had, not buttery. I had one wine that I really liked um, over at uh, Total Wine. There's a, a, a pretty decent sized organic grape. It's not organic wine. It won't have a USDA symbol mm-hmm. on it, but it is organic grapes that they use. And they're from all over the place, Italy and America. and You know, that's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the one that I got was one called Birdsong, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, and that was now, good. Now it's quite, we had that with the lamb. Yeah. Yeah, that and was really good. And now you really can't good. find it. Now it's gone. Yeah. But that's the thing about, you know, <laughs> those, those places like Bevmo and Total Wine – Stuff comes and goes, and then when it's gone, mm-hmm. it's gone. And, I, you know, once again, we hate to tell you to go to someplace like that when you could be supporting your local wine shops. Um, but sometimes you want something really inexpensive, and they carry nicer stuff. And, but at least you can count on them having it. If you find something you love, they'll have it again. Well, I guess you could call down to Richard Kinsey and say, hey, can you get me a case of the bird song? Yeah. Maybe he, he, he would could know do where it. to find it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so true. All right, well, enough about all this. Let's take a little break. When we come back, we got News Bites. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm from Bellevue. One of my favorite restaurants is Cactus in Bellevue. I had an amazing dish, prawns with a spicy sauce on top that just made your mouth water. Mmm. This is Jeremy McLaughlin, chef with Salty Seafood Grills, and you are listening to The Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, I'm Tom Marin, the founder and the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the senior editor, and we have arrived at the News Bites portion of the show, where you get to hear all the good news and all the bad news. I know. And you know what? We're going to start off with some bad news. We lost Roseanne Finkel of the Pike Brewing Company. She died on June 16th. She was just 73, had a blood disorder. And uh, if any of you knew her, you knew she was just so great. She was always happy. Always up and always doing something for somebody else as well. And, and my God, the stuff she accomplished also in her life and with Charles is astounding. So on Seattle Dining, we linked up. Um, a two-part story we did in 2010 about them and a, a follow-up story sort of nine years later in 2019. Um, and at the time, they had just um, taken some of their long, long, long-term employees and made them part owners. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I really thought it was probably an age thing. 
They'd already retired once and then bought the brewery back. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, they're really ready to make sure that this stays independent, but with the right people. And they knew the right people because they'd been working there so long. Mm-hmm. At the time, Roseanne was already having some trouble, I think. Mm. So um, that was a way to keep things going. Um, but I, I'm just personally going to miss her a lot. She's, she was just a wonderful, a wonderful person as well, being, as well as being a really great part of the community. Great person to work with. We yeah. always had, always enjoyed working with her, and we always enjoy working with her husband, Charles. Yeah. So. And it's like you say, just up all the time. They're, you know, if they're out and in the public eye, they are making everybody around them happy. They don't come out when they're, you know, and say, ah, things aren't going so well, blah, 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 blah. I didn't even know how serious her illness was because she said, oh, yeah, I had this thing, and then so I'm really staying home because I can't. I can't be around germs. I, you know, don't have a lot of yeah. immunity. And but, 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 well, she'd had a total blood transfusion or something. You know, a bone marrow transfusion. Mm-hmm. She didn't say that. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm just kind of sticking around at home, making sure I'm okay. You know, typical. Yeah. Anyway, we'll miss you, Roseanne. We'll miss you. Uh, I got some other sad news for you. Uh oh. So uh, I drove by uh, uh, one of our little favorite breakfast spots just to get out of the house, the Colonial Pantry up in Edmonds, and noticed that things didn't look like they were happening in there. And did a little homework, and turns out on March 13th they had a kitchen fire. Another kitchen fire. So then they ran a GoFundMe campaign, and then COVID-19 hit. Oh, jeez. And so, uh, don't know. Uh, they're closed indefinitely is the word. Oh. <clears throat> but oh. we shall see. Interesting. Closed until further notice. Yeah, that's not a good sign sometimes. <laughs> it's one of those places that you're not going to find the best food in the world, but I was saying to you just this morning, I would be sad if it closed, not for me so much, but um, people use that, the neighborhood used that as a gathering place. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of elderly people, a lot of people who were coming in with uh, oxygen tanks on, and and that's where they gathered, you know, and people knew each other. They were serious neighbors, you know. There'd mm-hmm. be young families there with little kids. We used to joke about that one family. Their kids always came in with bedhead. I think they just got them out of bed and brought them in, <laughs> you know. It was like, so it was just, a, it was like an extension of home for a lot of people. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So who knows? We'll see. I, I, I friended them on Facebook, so if they do open again, I'll know. Yeah. Another one up on Queen Anne is the Five Hooks Fish Grill. That has closed. I didn't go there a lot. I kind of went there for a number of times right in a row, and then I stopped going there, mostly because I think it was just a little bit out of my way. I never went there. I know, and I actually wanted to get you there. They were doing a lot of um, sustainable fish and it was quite good and it was pretty reasonably priced and it was well executed Mm -hmm. they had a little fried fish appetizer and it was small scallops prawns stuff like this and it was maybe the best fried food i ever had because Mm. it was really light Mm. didn't there was no greasiness to it no fishiness to it it was uh, their, their food was nicely done and i'm i'm sad they're gone um ballard says i I don't know if it's Saison or Saison Kitchen um, is going to open Saison de la Baja in that space in July. Um, It looks like it'll just be there through the fall of 2021 because that property is being redeveloped. So it may just be that the owners of Five Hooks just said, good God, with the 
COVID thing going on and everything else, let's just go now. We're not going to be able to be open until, you know, we'll only be open until fall. So I'm thinking maybe um, the new I don't think it'll look too much different inside. If it's only going to be open until 2021, I can't imagine Cezanne is going to spend much money to uh, redecorate or upgrade the kitchen or anything like that. And the bonus of that place is it's got quite a large deck. So, Mm -hmm. you know, during this COVID time, it's nice to have that outdoor seating and um, I don't know if I read this someplace or I was, we were talking about it, but it may just be that they're trying to get a foothold on Queen Anne, and that's a great way to start. They're probably getting it inexpensively because they're going to get it torn down, you know. And then maybe when it gets redeveloped, it'll be a restaurant on the bottom. I don't know. Could be, you know. You don't know. So no. um, we wanted to just kind of really quickly run through some places that are opening, and it's not going to be everybody – Everybody's reopening. Oh, my Lord. You have I know. quite a few here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's almost not enough. Uh, I'm going to shut up and just let you go through. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a couple of them I'll make comments on. Otherwise, I'm just going to say their names. But Captain Whidbey Inn did finally open the lodge and cabin rooms. And they've started a thing called Summer at Stills Park from noon to 8 daily. It's like old-fashioned summer. They're, they offer canoeing, some fresh seafood, lawn games, fire pits, hammocks. So it sounds kind of fun. Hollywood Tavern in Woodenville has expanded their outdoor seating. They have a thing called The Knoll, K-N-O-L-L, um, and their summer live music series started on the 29th of June. Then Mama Stortini's in Puyallup Federal Way in Kent are open. Fire and Vine Restaurants, El Gaucho Aqua Heirloom, the Lake House in Bellevue, those are all open. 13 Coins, SeaTac and Bellevue are open. Seattle should be probably any day if it's not, even as we speak. Um, Bar Taglio, Alimentari Taglio, Cafe Hitchcock, Bruciato on Bainbridge. Those are open. It's all Brendan McGill. Brian Carter Cellars, Woodenville is open. Um, reservations required. Um, DeLille Cellars open, also reservations required. Harvest Vine, Wednesday through Sunday, 5 through 8, with limited reservations available on their website. Capitol Grills open. Dusted Valley, Woodenville by appointment. Revolve is open. Um, they've been doing some um, outdoor seating in the back parking lot. They did a Father's Day barbecue out there, which was kind of fun. I hear I wasn't there. Huh. Um, but Bach- There's a whole lot of flat surface out there. It was just right outside the, the door, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, Bothell is another place like um, Issaquah that I was trying to do the streetery thing oh, where they okay, close gotcha. the street down and yep. so restaurants and stores, retail stores, can use sidewalks as well as maybe the street, you right. know, to uh, have more outdoor things so more people can be around. So uh, Bothell is, uh, Revolve is hoping to take advantage of that. The Hearth at Heathman Kirkland is open. Ivor Salmon House and Muckleteal Landing. Mondello in Magnolia. The Neighborhood Grills. The Dukes. Basa on Bainbridge has a dining room and patio with a limited menu. Wild Ginger McKenzie, the one in South Lake Union, is open. Lombardi's in Bellingham, Everett, and Mill Creek. Esquin Wine and Spirits. Daniel's Broilers, the Fairmont Olympic, the All Water Seafood um, at Hotel 1000. And I mentioned um, Issaquah is trying to do that too. And the reason I know that is because I talked to Chef Jeff, Jeff Maxfield. Mm-hmm. He's been a big supporter of cooking class over the years. Really, really wonderful guy. Everybody who doesn't know, Jeff Maxfield, former executive chef at the Space, Space Needle. Space Needle, yeah. Um, he and his wife, and I I don't know if they did 
uh, with another couple or if it's just he and his wife, but they bought Finn's Bistro in Issaquah. Mm-hmm. They bought that in November. Can you imagine? Okay, I'm not going to work for anybody <laughs> else anymore. I'm going to open in November. You're just about ready to get the doors open and mm-hmm. boom. But he did say, he did tell me that they've done, they've done quite well. The community's been very supportive, okay. and they've done takeout, of course. And they are right next door to the Issaquah Theater, the, the local live theater, mm-hmm. which, of course, is still closed. But um, that's, that's a, a great um, partnership. So that's a, something to look forward to when the theater opens up, because then you can have dinner and a show right next door. Their doors actually open into the lobby of the theater, mm-hmm. as well as having outdoor doors. So um, Paragon, on top of Queen Anne, has a new chef, Stefan Bourgond. They also have a new natural wine list available, and they're doing picnic boxes for summer. So they're doing a lot of stuff. Cafe Campagna has started neighborhood home delivery by electric bike within one and a half miles from the cafe. That's currently offered Thursday through Sunday, noon to four. As long as the bike is charged. Yes. And I would hope they were working on that. (laughs) Um, I haven't checked. Um, Fremont Brewing closed their urban beer garden and production facility because one employee tested positive for COVID-19. They said all employees will be tested and shown negative before returning to work. But at at the time, those were still closed. I don't know. I just saw headlines that it had reopened. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Um, So forget I ever said anything. Um, Sizzle Works Cooking School has closed. Carol Durth, she's a she's a huge, long time chef in the Seattle twenty area. years. Yeah, um, at least twenty years. I think they said thirteen years, but she's been around. You know, well, she's yeah, done. She's been doing stuff before she Sizzle's work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she it was called something else. Rain City Cooking School. That's it. Yeah. Um, and also, you could see her on Channel Nine all the time. She was one of the chefs they had on cooking shows, and they'd have like a restaurant chef in, and she'd be there, and then the one guy from PBS, mm-hmm. and they'd all three talk. She did that for a long time. She's been around for ages. Um, she started the cooking school in her home. When I first talked to her and did a story on her, I was at her house. Mm. So um, anyway, that's a big deal. They closed in March, and then they just said, we're not going to reopen. Um, look at their website, because if you need kitchen equipment or you know dishes or tools or whatever – they're selling everything, and they will vacate the school by July 31st. So by the end of this month, they'll be gone. But in the meantime, you can go out there. I think you should uh, see what days and times are open. It seems to be like 4 to 7 or something. It's, it's not all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and you have to social distance and everything Probably else. You have to make an appointment. You may. So definitely check their web- website out. But you might get some screaming deals. And she said that uh, they had just, I can't remember now if it was stuff in the kitchen or if it was dishes and glassware and stuff like that. But they just replaced a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then boom. So a lot of it's really new without a lot of wear. So might be a good deal. And then Starbucks is planning to close nearly 400 U.S. stores within 18 months. They're kind of normal closure. is about 100 stores annually. And a lot of these locations are going to be morphed into to-go spots. So they might not go away completely, but they won't be cafes. Hmm. So that's my lot of so news. you might have to walk across the street now yeah, to you get might. to a Starbucks yeah. instead of having one on the corner that you're on. That's, that's difficult. You know, there are so many bad things about COVID, but when you have to go an extra 40, 50 paces to get your Starbucks coffee, it's, you and, know it hurts. And push the, the walk button. 
Yes. You know, you got to push a walk button to get across the street. That's kind of a pain in the butt. Or, or if you're in a neighborhood without a walk button, man, you're taking your life in your hands. Uh-huh, so yeah. we hope it all ends well, but <laughs> you know, it's hard to say. <laughs> all right. Well, um, let's see. We're going to take a little break, and then we got a special interview coming up right after this. Yay. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, this is Julie from Wallingford, and one of my favorite restaurants is the Whale Winds. This is Lisa Bear from Bear Winery in the Woodenville Warehouse District, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We're back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom, the publisher. I'm here with Connie, the senior editor, and we have a special guest in the studio today. Uh, as many of our listeners know, we talk a lot about oils on this show, and we have brought in the expert of olive oil in the Puget Sound, Debbie Franz, who is the owner of Queen Anne Olive Oil, A Bit of Taste. Or A Bit of Taste, Queen Anne Olive Oil. A bit of taste, Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. We go by any and all of the above. <laughs> Just come in. <laughs> exactly. Debbie, thank you for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Well, as we were talking about, we're going to do a first section here and talk about why olive oils are good. You hear a lot about all these different oils that are good. Let's talk about why olive oil is good. Things you have to watch out for because not everyone is honest about things. Right. Um, um, we'll talk about various uh, benefits, some general information and in cooking with it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll just talk about the shop a little bit and see what's going on. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's talk, start with benefits. I mean, why is olive oil a good thing to be? Well, olive oil, the more I learn about it, the more impressed I am with it. It has so many health benefits. And when you think about it, olives are crushed and pressed. So mm-hmm. they're really just the juice of the olive. And that little olive has so many more health benefits than we realize. It's been researched for centuries and it's been around for millennia. Mm-hmm. So some of its better known properties are the antioxidant properties, the anti-inflammation. It actually goes into your cellular level wow. and helps your body like regenerate and restore. It's good um it's a good fatty. You know, we all need fat. Our mm-hmm. brain needs fat. Our bodies need fat. If it's, you go too low of fat, it's not good. If you go too high fat in your body, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a healthy fat that's monosaturated, and it um, does so many beneficial things you know, for you. And yeah. it can help with your metabolic function, with your balancing your cholesterol profile. My husband's had problems with that for years, and... 
his um, tests lately have been so good, and the doctor attributes it to that he's taking a daily dose of olive oil. Wow. And we always go for our medicinal benefits or nutraceutical benefits of the highest biophenol count that we have in the store at the time. Okay. And how much is a dose, is a daily dose of olive oil? One to two ounces. So my alcohol shot glasses have been converted <laughs> into an olive oil shot glass. <laughs> and there's all kinds of ways you can do it. You know, bullet coffee has been all the rage for a while, and I have my olive oil version of bullet coffee that I do sometimes. Oh, okay. And I'll just take and put that into my coffee and put in my flavorings that I want, whiz it in my magic bullet, and then I've got a foamy latte coffee drink. Oh, wow. And oh, other, interesting. Yeah, so that's been my latest one the last few months. Um, sometimes I'm just like, you know what, I just want to get that olive oil in me, have it coat the stomach. Yeah. It helps your um, regulate your... Your insulin level, so my insulin and hormones can get a little bit off. So if I start with that in the morning, it helps to balance me. And then if I take my coffee on that, it's not going, you know, oh, hitting that, your system that as hard. Acid is, yeah. It's moderated. Yeah. yeah. And well, absorbs idea. differently. So, I've kind of given up having coffee. Maybe I can... Try it, Connie, and yeah, see. Yeah. yeah. So those are just some of the benefits. I mean, if you yeah. apply it to the skin, it's so healthy. It gets absorbed. Your skin looks so... Good people are telling me, oh, your skin's looking better than ever. Well, not only do I ingest it, but I put it on my skin. Yeah. And I use um, our tea rose oil. I love for that because of the nice yeah. little rose scent yeah. to it. And I have eczema problems, and I've started putting this on there. The first time I kind of like, oh, let me just put a little olive oil. I feel like that actor in uh, my big fat Greek wedding who used oh, yeah. Windex for everything. Like, <laughs> yes. Windex, Windex. I'm like, olive oil, olive oil. <laughs> and I put it on, but literally every day it helped heal my eczema. I had it in my ear, and then I also get it in my finger pads oh, yeah. sometimes. And it just helps. It helps wow. so much. It helps more than I ever realized that it would yeah. help. Well, you know, a while ago, I'm maybe in a year ago, Tom started making mm-hmm. his own moisturizer. Now he's got me on it. Yeah. And, and generally it's almond oil or avocado oil. Oh, yeah. But I'm kind of thinking I need to switch over. The next time I'm mm. going to do it with olive oil, and I want to ask you, so you use the rose olive oil. I do. I but, use the tea rose. But you could use any? But you could use any. Any of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I just had a customer who did a post about making a ice cream with the tea rose and oh. it was because it is food grade yeah. and i've thought of you know i should have some customers who want to make maybe the salt scrub and the sugar scrub oh, with yeah. the tea rose i think would be fabulous i just haven't taken it on myself i'm like somebody please do that yeah and then tell me about it and then tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> exactly well but i'll tell you one other thing that i did recently because i don't normally i'm not a big alcohol drinker but mm-hmm. you know i've had a couple of special things have opened up you yeah. know met a friend for happy hour had a couple of drinks i'm usually a one drink person and I woke up the next morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, my face looks puffy. So I took my tea rose oil. I usually put it on at night or in the morning. I'm uh-huh. like, put it on my face. And I went back in. I'm like, oh my gosh, my inflammation in my face was gone because of that wow. oil. Wow. And you'd think how much good it would do if you did do it at night and let it yeah. soak in all night, too, exactly. if it was that fast. And it absorbs pretty quickly. It's not yeah. too bad. I just always tell customers, give it a few minutes. Don't touch something. Like, if I notice if I touch a paper, of course, it's going to be yeah. oily. So I put it on and then just kind of do my routine. Yeah. I was mentioning to Tom the other day that since we've been using, making our own moisturizers, mm-hmm. my face feels a little, um, I was thinking maybe oily, but it's not really oily. And even my More hair moist. is, it is just moisture. I'm so used mm-hmm. to everything being dry. Yeah. That it feels odd. I keep thinking, oh, I shouldn't keep doing this. I'm 
just oiling myself up. It's like, no, it's normal now. Did are, are you ready to give up the bliss text? Yeah. I'm not there yet. Not there yet. I got, what did Cleopatra do? She would she oil herself and bathe in it. So my, I have a lot of Lebanese and Persian friends. They're like, oh, yeah, my grandmother used to like put oil in my hair and brush it through and rub it through because yeah. it soaks in and it moisturizes. Yeah, and that's the, been the surprise for me mm-hmm. is that putting it on, I, I, I get that if you would, eat something right then why would you if you wouldn't eat something why would you put it on your skin Mm -hmm. so if you would eat something but i thought it wouldn't soak in the way it does it does and it doesn't surprise me because i uh, i used it on my arms and my legs but not my face right and then it was like why Why am i not and then it was like oh that works really well well i kind of do it both ways this if you know a little bit about anatomy i remember going back to my anatomy and physiology days your alimentary canal, your intestinal canal, mm-hmm. is your largest organ in your body. It's your largest skin surface. Okay. And so I thought, wow, if this is helping my outer skin, mm-hmm. what is it doing, once again, going back to where we started internally? Yeah. It's like can heal. There's been stories of people using it to help their colitis and other conditions that they have because it's very healing. Yeah. Now, to get back to Tom asking if I'll give up my Blistex, yeah. what would you put on your lips? Any of them? Yeah, I would use any of them. Okay. Um, I There probably are. You know, I probably should look into if there's, like, sticks with olive oil. I'm sure there are. Now you make me go, oh, I need to find yeah. a producer for that. Actually, now that you're saying that, I'm thinking I've seen them someplace. Probably have, too, because there's the hand lotions. That, and we carry the yeah. other beauty products. We The shampoo, the face soap, the face serum, yeah. the scrubs, the conditioner, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Have you used this? You like the shampoo? I love the shampoo. Okay. It leaves my hair feeling so soft. And it comes out of Australia, so there's no parabens. There's no none oh. of the negative chemicals in it. They're, um, what I want to say, their controls are, are pretty good. They yeah. don't allow those things. Like, we t- can yeah. have it either way. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good product. Fabulous. Okay. And I love the bar soap that comes out of there. Oh, yeah. The packaging is made by the indigenous people, and I think it's a dollar of every one purchase goes back oh. to support oh, them. Nice. So it's, and it's a fair trade product. And it lasts for months in my shower stall. Oh, that's the great. The bar soap. Yeah. Where some people say, oh, soft soap disintegrates. No, it, it foams up really nice and it lasts forever. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. You know, another thing that I read when I was out looking on, online, which, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you can trust, sometimes not. But one of the things they said was that it's, for some reason, it's a time-released flow of energy mm-hmm. to the body. Oh, yeah. Which, which means that you're satiated longer. So if you eat something... Well, it moderates your insulin, and oh, that's probably that's... associated with that, that time-release okay. flow. So then it's you're not getting a spike. Like if you eat sugar, you're going to get an yeah. insulin spike and then kind of get that plunge, and yeah. this moderates that. Yeah. yeah. Once again, because it's a fat, it's going to do that anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a normal fat, any, any fat. Any kinda... fat would help with that, but this okay. is just the healthiest fat I think there okay. is. There was a recent study out of UC Davis about avocado oil. It was interesting. They did a study a number of years back on olive oil and kind of blew open to the world about all of, um, you know, scientifically documented that oh, yeah. not all olive oil is what it claims to be. Yes. And they've now discovered the same thing with avocado oil. Yes. I have a question about that study. I have not read it yet, so. <laughs> oh, I thought you might be able to help us. Okay. So there was uh, 22 different manufacturers that they mm-hmm. covered in that study, 
and they found out that the majority of them were cutting the oil with vegetable oil mm. and soy oil and kind of like what happens to olive oil. Yeah. And so, um, but but it, as I read through the the article, there was <laughs> nobody was naming any names, oh, okay. and there was a link to the actual study, and all it was was numbers, no names. Oh. Is there a way we can get the names of who these? I'm going to guess yes, because when they did the olive oil study, they had a chart, and it listed all of the producers, all of the names of yeah. the vendors of olive oil, and where they ranked, and how they theirs rated. So my guess would be if they don't have that yet, they will, and maybe they already do, and I can talk to our supplier and see yeah. if I can find that. I, I didn't know them. if they were keeping a secret because they were taking them all to court or what. No. But <laughs> No, it kind of might go the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, when you're looking at olive oils mm -hmm. and you want to make sure you're getting olive oil, mm -hmm. what are you looking for? Because labels sometimes right. aren't. Labels will tell you certain things and won't tell you certain things. Yeah. Well, the best thing is you want to know when that oil, when that olive was crushed. Okay. So what's the crush date? Okay. Sometimes you'll be told a harvest date on certain bottles, but that doesn't tell you how long then it, after harvest did it sit in a warehouse in mm -hmm. cold storage before it was crushed. Okay. Uh, all of our olive oils have been taken like when they're harvested from a lot of small farmers and crushed within two to four hours, and that's what you want. You want them like harvested in the early evening when it's cool, crushed right away. It's because every temperature change and every environmental change affects all the olive and the properties in it and it starts to degrade okay. because it's a fresh product yeah so if you're looking at packaging you want to know when it was crushed you want to know what varietal it is you want to be able to know like what's the chemical properties of it like the biophenol or polyphenol count the free fatty acid all of those things go into making up what is considered an extra virgin olive oil versus just like people are like, oh, what makes it virgin? Well, there's regular olive oil and all the way down to what's called a pumice-grade oil, which would be a second-hand use for industrial use. Oh, okay. And there's standards for those. There's the International Olive Oil Council. There's the American Olive Oil Council. American Olive Oil? North, but, North America. North America. Yeah. The Australian Olive Oil Council. And then our standards from our supplier are even at a higher level oh, than nice. any of those standards. Nice. And so what makes an extra virgin olive oil are a couple of things. I always tell in my classes, it's subjective and objective. It's those numbers, like where do they fall within those numbers, oh, okay, okay uh, for each of those items and a few others that we didn't mention. And then it's subjective because it goes to um, olive oil sommeliers for tasting, oh, just like wine does. Wow. And then they're like, okay, does this have the flavor and taste profile of olive oil? And where do they rate it on fruitiness, bitterness, and pungency, I think, are the mm, three. Okay. And so those things, both the objective and the subjective, would make a determination of if it's extra virgin. Uh, okay. Or is it, you know, virgin? Or is it, you know, pure? You would think pure would be, like, better, maybe, yeah. than all of them. Pure actually is a lower grade. Okay. So if it says pure olive oil, don't. Don't go there. Yeah. Um, and if it's, you know, like we said, pumice oil... That's an industrial grade. Yeah. So. Wow. I know there's so much complexity and I'm still learning. I want to take more classes and learn more and more. Yeah. More. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. All this one thing from this little olive, of which there are more than 700 varieties. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And you can make olive oil from any of them. 
Yes, you should be able to make olive oil from any of them. I haven't heard of any that you can't, but some are better olive oil producers. Mm. Like I was just telling a customer in the store today, the Pequois olive is a very popular one. It actually is the most produced in the world because it yields a lot of oil oh. per the size of the olive. Yeah. And olives, when they're crushed, are generally crushed pit and pulp and fruit and all. It's just all okay. crushed. And it's from the pit that it gets the bitterness of it. Okay. So there is another method. I think it's pronounced integrale. I'm still getting familiar with some of the terminology um, where they take the pit out and then that's less bitter. Mm-hmm. And you might reduce a little bit of the biophenol or, prop- or polyphenol oh. count, but you're still, you know, you're not getting quite that bitterness for people that don't like the bitterness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, in the store we had a chitui olive that was not it was crushed with the pit and then we had another version oh. of it that was integrale and the one was milder and smoother and it was quite other. noticeable it was noticeable and the biophenol count was the one that was the most was 667 and i think the other one was in to upper 500 so it oh. didn't make a difference yeah. but they were still both really high yeah so not it wouldn't be if you didn't like the bitterness it wouldn't be like well there's no point in using the other one yeah. anyway so exactly yeah oh interesting um one of the things I had read was that uh, cold press and organic is the best way to go. Is that? Yeah, cold pressed and organic, although that term cold pressed has become a little bit uh, dated mm-hmm. because it's no longer so much a cold press as it is a mechanical press as they've okay. gone to mechanical instruments, but it's achieving the same thing. Mm-hmm. It means that it's first harvest, so your first harvest off of the tree is going to be the richest. And then it's um, cold-pressed, meaning that it's not heated, so you don't lose those properties. But now it tends to just go into a machine that presses it. And um, so some places will still say cold-pressed, but uh, if they're doing the mechanical process, it's a little bit of a contradiction. Other thing about olive oil, it's the the only um, seed olive oil that's not like mechanically, what do I want to say, chemically treated. Right. It's a mechanical process. It's not chemically treated. Because that was another thing I had seen in a couple places was that don't don't go there if it's yeah. if there's any chemicals used because there shouldn't be. Exactly. I was really shocked one time I saw a product that had canola oil, non-GMO. Canola oil. I'm like, how can canola oil be non-GMO? It is a, it is a genetically modified food by yeah. its nature to make it palatable to the human body and its um, studies have shown that it's harmful to the human body. It's so <laughs> popular. Yeah. So I did some research, and it came out of World War II. It's a very viscous oil that can tolerate being in water, so the Navy used it. Oh. So once that market dried up, then, well, we don't want to lose that market. We don't want to lose this production that we put in place, so let's keep modifying it until we can make it consumable for humans. And call it, there's no canola plant, it's from the rapeseed plant, which has been shown to cause nerve damage in people from the research I've read. So why? Why are we using this product? But, you know, you don't hear that because it's buried a little deep to find that because there's a whole food industry that wants you to use that. That's the thing you have to be so careful about. There's money behind all this stuff. And often uh, not lower grade or the ones that are falsely advertised as olive oil, will be cut with canola oil because it's a very bland, a very mild taste. Yeah. Yeah. And tolerates high temperatures, which I know we're going to get to yeah. talking about temperatures. Our olive oil are such high grade, they can withstand high temperatures. We've broiled, we've grilled all the way up to 450 and 500 degrees and never had them smoke on us. Oh, okay. So. So, and, and even at that 
high heat, you're not losing the the benefits. Well, you're going to lose it. a little bit of the benefits of it, but my belief is you're keeping enough <coughs> of the benefits because you're going to lose a little bit of the benefits of any grade oil. Yeah, at that, cooking. Right? So yeah. So what do you like? Most of your oils, what could how what temperature could you go up to? Well, I've broiled with them on the grill outside and inside. So that's 500 or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've never had any problem with them yeah. roasted with them. Some people love to do them in the air fryer. Oh, yeah. And they, I'm like, okay, I need to get an air fryer after having talked to customers. Yeah. <laughs> there seem to be. And now Emerald has his own air fryer out. I'm just saying. I know. Just okay, saying. Got to get it. I, 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 want get, I want the George Foreman air fryer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does look like the picture of health, doesn't well, he? I love the George <laughs> Foreman grill. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's made a name for himself with his products, which are really good quality products. Well, let's talk a little bit about that um, really quickly about the um, smoke point. Mm -hmm. The reason you want that high smoke point is because it's actually carcinogenic. When it gets to that. When you when you have oil that's over that. So it's really bad to eat. Any oil, right? Yeah, Anything. any oil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why you look for an oil that does have that high smoke point. And, and what you're saying is yours are even higher than mm -hmm. most that you're going to get at most, a store. Yeah, than olive oils that, you know, we've seen in the standards from the industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I just wanted to talk about quickly is that when you're using olive oil, you should just be thinking about what you're using it for. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like if, you, if it doesn't have a high smoke, heat ruins it. So use it in a cold dish if you're not going to buy from a right. bit of taste, you know, and, and think about what you want it, what you're doing with it. Yeah, there's different things you can think about when you're going to be using it. If you're using it in a cold dish, do you want more of the olive flavor? Do you want a mild flavor, a medium flavor, or robust intensity? Those are the three that we go with uh, profiles. And depends on the type of dish that you're making and your own palate. Everybody's mm -hmm. palate is unique. And some people are developing a flavor for intense olive oil. I mean, I have customers that come in that live in those regions, like we only want that robust flavor because that's yeah. what their palate has adapted to. Yeah. You know, a lot of Americans are so used to mild and cut olive oil that they're like, oh, they want to stay in that end. But you can use any of them. If I'm making like an olive oil cake any, or any baking, I'll go with the mild because it's less of that oliveness mm -hmm. imparted to it. Or I'll use our butter olive oil, which is mm -hmm. a vegan one. So I made risotto last night and I didn't have butter on hand. I'm like, oh. But I have better olive oil, yeah. so I just used that instead. Yeah. And then the more intense, you know, you can use them as finishing oils. Like you're saying, if you're going with a legume salad, something you want that robustness, or pasta that you really want that flavor to come out, yeah. then you can, you know, go up in the intensity. Okay. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk about what's at the store. Sounds good. Hi, my name is Kevin Lance. I live in Mill Creek, and my favorite restaurant is Oshino. And it's because it's the best sushi around. Hey, it's Rachel Bell. I'm the host of the podcast Your Last Meal and a personality and feature reporter on Cairo Radio. And you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We're back on the Seattle Dining Show, and we're going to continue our interview now with Debbie Franz from A Bit of Taste, Queen Anne Olive Oil. 
And she's going to give us a scoop on what's going on at the store. Yeah, what's new and what's new? Well, we've survived the last few months. Let's just set this up. You bought the store about a year ago? Yeah, we bought the store June 1st was our contract date. I was working in the store a little bit with Larry and Gary before that, but officially it was June 1st, so we just had our first year anniversary. And prior to that, the store sold exclusively just uh, olive oil and infused balsamics. And some salts. And And some some salts. And he had this hand soap. He did have some pasta. And he had pasta and pasta sauce. Yeah. Yeah. So we've carried those products. And he had the olives that we carry from Spain. We're the only place in Seattle that has those. Oh. Nice, really nice um, olive product. And with like nine or ten varieties. But, yeah, I've shifted to saying we're not just an olive oil and vinegar tasting room, but a gourmet food shop. Okay. And we're the only gourmet food shop on Upper Queen Anne. So I want to keep continue developing that more yes. and more and giving it some thought. We just finished a little vacation breather, my husband and I, and we were talking about, okay, kind of what's our vision and how do we want to go? And we're going to be giving that some more thought, but definitely thinking, okay, if you were to put together a charcuterie platter, for example, could you come and get everything, you know, from us? Yeah. And then I love herbs and salts and seasonings and spices. So we've really expanded that. We've expanded the whole, I say our products are mostly Pacific Northwest, a little Southwest thrown in there because Mm -hmm. of a couple of products we have and the Mediterranean region Mm -hmm. because it goes with the other items that we carry. So we've expanded uh, the San Juan salt line. Oh, yeah. I love that we have. I mean, I didn't know until I bought the store. We have two salt companies in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. What? I didn't know. San Juan, which is like their thing is sea and sand and salt and solar dried. Mm-hmm. And they're on San Juan Island. I'm going to hope to go visit their facility oh, yeah. someday when it's available and open to the public. <laughs> <laughs> And then the Jacobson Company, which is out of Oregon on the Oregon coast and then the Portland area. And when we were down on the Oregon coast, we drove down to Natards and saw where their facility is through the trees, but it was closed to the public also. Um, This is San Juan line. Uh, They have some fabulous products. Um, They have their Madrona smoked products. Oh, yeah. So they have their salt. They have their pepper and then there's salt and pepper grinders. Oh, yeah. It's a combination. Same thing with the Madrona. They have the Madrona salt, the Madrona pepper, and the Madrona salt and pepper grinder together. Mm-hmm. And then they have um, one that's already ground for you. They have a bull kelp salt, which is a little bit of seaweed in the salt, oh. which is just a nice seasoning and flavor for mm-hmm. certain things. It's not strong. No, it's not, because really. no, I don't like seaweed and yeah. I like the salt. Oh, okay. So, yeah, something about it is just nicely balanced. And then they're expanding, um, oh, I just forgot the name of what they're calling their line, but it's basically kind of their flavor profiles kind of from around the world. Mm-hmm. So they have three Asian ones, kimchi, sriracha, and the spicy Thai. Those oh, have wow. become very popular for some reason, especially the spicy Thai. Yeah. The sriracha has the sriracha flavor, but without much of the heat. Oh, okay. And some people like that. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. But very nice. And the kimchi, you know, definitely tastes like the kimchi flavor profile. But that spicy Thai, we did roasted vegetables with the spicy Thai, and I took the prawns from Costco, the frozen prawns, uh-huh. marinated them in an oil, and our balsamic, I think I did like the Persian lime oil and the coconut vinegar. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and put in even some of the Madrona smoked grinder on that, marinated that, grilled the vegetables on the grill, threw in the prawns just because they're already cooked, so mm-hmm. they just needed to be heated 
Oh, it turned out so good with that spicy wow. chai. Wow. That, that sounds good. Now you're thinking, what I'm time thinking, is it? What time is it? Time for dinner? <laughs> yeah. So that was, that's really yummy. Um, they have a popcorn blend and we're developing a whole popcorn corner. So we've kind of de- developed a truffle corner. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say, you've, you've made me very happy with the truffle. Yeah. And I'm continuing to look more and more truffle products. I'm a truffle fan after, I and I didn't have them until a year ago when we went to France. Oh, Wow. And it's like, okay, I've been missing out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I made the risotto, it was a saffron and chanterelle risotto last night. And mm. I'm like, mm, this needs a little truffle salt on the top <laughs> for finishing. <laughs> <laughs> and the truffle honey is to die oh, for. Oh, really? That is my, one of my newest favorite things. That was my favorite thing about two or three months ago when I discovered it. Yeah. Put that on a little blue cheese or a little soft white cheese. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. It is like... This is so yummy. Uh, and then I developed a recipe that's a chocolate truffle mousse. Mm. Simple, a little truffle salt and a little truffle honey in it. Uh, Amazing. Put it in a martini glass, dust it with the truffle salt, and your friends are like, whoa, oh you're a stellar God. cook. God. Is that on the website someplace? That that's on the website and in the store we have it on the recipe cards. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it is on our website. Yeah, so that's some of the new things we're going to be doing, too, is uh, we're going to be launching a new website. Just been oh, waiting okay. until I have the time to do it. Going to be launching a newsletter. Okay. So those are some other new things. So, yeah, we got, hopefully, I'm, you know, crossing my fingers, yeah. hoping and praying through the worst of COVID. Yeah. We stayed open as an essential business and pivoted overnight, right, like yeah. so many others. 60% of our business, I think, you know, went online or just totally dropped off. Yeah. And curbside pickup local deliveries, all of that, still doing all of that, practicing, you know, safe practices in the store. We sanitize everything a couple times a day. Um, of course, now with the mandate to wear masks yep. and, you know, we were doing that. We've got a sneeze guard, um, all of those things. If people come in, we did away with the tasting with bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people want to sample in individual cups, we've put them out with our gloved hands, uh-huh. and then they have a gloved hand that they can pick it up. Oh, uh, okay. And just some people aren't sampling at all, and I totally respect that. But those mm-hmm. people who want to, that's what we're about, is you want to be able to taste it mm-hmm. before you buy it. Exactly. And so we've come up with what we think are safe practices for that, abiding by the guidelines from you know the CDC and mm-hmm. the health district. And, you know, um, any other practice. It's, it's like changing every week or two. That's the trouble, isn't it? It's yeah. like as a consumer, you don't know what to expect, and as a store owner you're like we've got to do it right but we gotta have somebody like full-time watching this stuff and our store the traffic flow kind of monitors itself we say you Mm -hmm. know practice you know social distancing but i don't have a way to put those criteria on the floor yeah people just are on the honor system yeah and i haven't restricted how many come in because most of the time it's not a problem if we got too full you know i could let people you know stop people at the door But definitely still taking care of whatever we can for a more fragile population with curbside pickup and our local delivery area and then the online shipping um, still. So, you know, we're not out of the woods yet, as we know, and uh, we want to get through this together safely. So we're doing everything we can for that. Mm -hmm. We use gloves in the store because we're, you know, bottle filling. And so we want that to be safe. A mm-hmm. lot of hand washing, which goes back to that tea rose oil. Oh, yeah. We've been giving it to customers and ourselves to put on your hands oh. to help with all the extra hand washing and sanitizing. Because mm-hmm. you dry up. You dry up. Yeah. yeah. So we're we expanding. I think other things we're expanding. Eventually, I'd love to have 
more herbs and spices, mm-hmm. like even bulk. But right now, not bulk with what's going on. Yeah, for that. that's I the trouble. Start that during this. I miss bulk. Yeah. big time. Yeah, and we're kind of looking to hopefully a decent holiday season, mm-hmm. to where we can maybe finish off our new cabinetry, oh, and yeah. move all of the oil and vinegar displays to the wall and have in the center of the store all of our other products oh, and items okay. and do oh, some okay. different merchandising. So wow. always something to think about. Um, the taster parties kind of were put on hold. Mm-hmm. I've come up with an idea where I can do them with Zoom. Oh, good. So I'm going to be starting that. Oh, great. And then I'm going to get our taster club going where it's like, hey, if you want to sign up for this club experience every month or every quarter, you can have a package delivered to you with recipes and ideas oh. of a pairing that we've put together yeah. to kind of expose you to things you might not have considered. Yeah. Well, and you've got the nice little sample bottles, too, so yeah. it's so nice that people can, can get a hold of those and mm-hmm. Try use them. a little bit and say, yeah, that's going to work for me, or no, I don't want to, you know, I'm moving on. Exactly. And some things I'm recognizing you have to, like I put in a little gift to you, something you have to try different ways, like the cilantro and onion. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for it personally, like just by itself tasting it, mm-hmm. but when I we cooked with it with our eggs or we put it oh. in a dressing mix, it totally works wonderful. Oh, okay. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's like being a chemist in a way. It's like, oh, mix and match this, try this, change yeah. this, do that. And I'm learning from customers and my staff and our team and you know, we're learning and growing together and it's always it's always fun, always something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it and the shop looks great, even though you're, oh, thank you're you. talking about doing more changes to it. But right now it's very welcoming. It's yeah. really fun to go in and, and look at all the things and there's so much it on the shelves that you really have to stand in front of a shelf for a while and really look at each thing that's there. It can be an experience. And I put that up on our um, social media and that's what I've been working on. One of the things I'm working on is doing more with social media to let people know and say, Hey, we're still a place you can come and have an experience because people want experiences. Take your dad out for father's day. Come in, you know, it's, we're not too full and you can have some time together. And if you really want to do justice, do you need anywhere between half an hour to two hours in our store? Wow. I mean, you know, it's your call, but you can taste a few things and stop, or you can keep going. Yeah. Well, you have that that big flying saucer from the planet Herb that came in. (laughs) What's uh, what's that all about? From the um, the the tower garden. Is that the tower garden you're talking about? Yeah, the tower garden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is cool actually yeah that has been a nice addition to the store and we were letting people use it for sampling and now we've kind of scaled back on that so but that tower garden makes the best produce and veggies yeah i had some friends over the other night after being i've been at the lake stevens farmer's market the last few weeks Mm. and so we did a socially distanced patio party with one of the other vendors and I'm like, I have all this kale from the tower garden i'll put it up put it with a blood orange and i think she did maybe tangerine, and then mm. some of their crushed, um, chopped hazelnuts that ooh, they carry. Ooh. And it was really yummy. She's like, I normally don't like kale, but this doesn't taste, it doesn't taste bitter. That's the thing. And it's also, uh, I tried it one day, and mm-hmm. it's not um, so harsh, so it's hard, not, like texture. It's not like eating It's because it's not fighting what's in the soil. It's aeroponic grown. Yeah. It was developed for NASA technology with Disney for the space station. Yeah. And the arugula is the best arugula I've ever had. It is good. Yeah. You had me so, try that. That was really good. She's got, we've named her. She's Sally. And Ollie <laughs> is the olive tree. So 
<laughs> after a little fun. And she's gone a little wild and crazy, and we've just replanted some of her pods. Oh, okay. So she's going to be growing. But we put her in, like, I think last October, and until she started sprouting like crazy during COVID and not being trimmed as much oh, yeah. and went to seed. But still, I harvest so much off of that tower garden. It's amazing. And it's not that large. I mean, it's large no. for a house. And but, there's you know. a smaller version that you can get for a house, yeah. which I got for my home. And we can help customers order them if customers want them, especially yeah. in today's world. Especially maybe now, you know, you've got your summer garden, more produce available. Mm-hmm. But especially through those winter months, I always had arugula. When do you yes. sometimes, where can you get that during the winter months? And, you know, we, we grow a lot of um, herbs mm-hmm. on our decks. And it's just really wonderful yeah. To just walk out and get what you need and come back, you know, there and is. to have that right in the house and have your kale or your arugula. It's yeah. So. I just saw did the other day at home. I'm like, oh, I want to add some chives to this. Or, oh, let's see, we're having this party. How about if I make mojitos with my mint, you know, and yeah. ran out and snipped some. And so you can have it. Anybody, city dweller can have this yeah. in their place with that now, saucer on, tower thing. On the Seattle dining issue now, Tom's mogojito. Oh. Margarito. Uh, Mogohito is on. And and you have mint and cumin. Cumin. Ooh. Cumin. And what was the other thing in there? Booze. The important thing. I thought <laughs> there was one other thing from the patio, but that was critical. Uh, oh, there's a there's a, a lime wedge. Yeah. Ooh, of course. You, you, you crush you it with a lime, lime wedge, yeah. but then you get it out before you put the booze in because okay. you don't want to have that sucking up all the booze. Oh, God. God, <laughs> priorities. Yeah. What I've got to figure out is how you don't have the mint go that kind of muddy green, you know, and stay, you know, vibrant. But yeah. the flavor's there. And the next day yeah. it tastes really good, too. Well, you yeah. can rip it in your bullet if you want. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we were just down at um, EVO Dining in Cannon Beach, which is kind of a dining restaurant experience. And what he used a lot in his cooking, he had three, like, cellars on his counter as he's cooking. Salt, pepper, and coriander. And he said that he'd worked with a chef who taught him about coriander. It's kind of like salt and that it heightens your seasoning without importing more sodium. To it. Oh, and so he generously coriandered the asparagus, the salmon, all these. And when I tasted it, I knew it was there, but it wasn't like I was really tasting oh, coriander. Really? So I kind of wonder how your drink would be with coriander, coriander in it. Mm. Could do that. Cumin. Yeah, I have to try that. Yeah. I oh, use the coriander sometimes when I'm doing a barbecue rub. Yeah, that's what. And he I just ripped that in the coffee bean grinder. Mm-hmm. So I th- he added it almost to everything that he did on that. Interesting, because I like coriander, but I always think of it as being a pretty forward yeah. spice, and it would be a little overwhelming on everything. But that's interesting. Did the whole cellar salt grab with the fingers, sprinkle yeah. it on generously, just like interesting the, the salt and pepper. It was really, really tasty. Very good. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I've got to get my coriander out and be a little more generous yeah. with it and see what I think. Yeah, if I'm doing something that's got like a Moroccan rub, mm-hmm. I put it in that. Yeah, I could see that too because that's what you expect. But he was using mm-hmm. it on things he didn't necessarily expect. Yeah. The lamb porterhouse chops had harissa, which you'd kind of oh. expect that. But the salmon and the other and the coriander, they were just a little salt and pepper and coriander. Wow. And, of course, olive oil and garlic. Yes. You said well, lamb porterhouse? Yeah, lamb. Where'd they find a lamb big enough to make a porterhouse steak? <laughs> I think they have a special. <laughs> I guess the lambs are really big down there in Oregon, huh? No, and it was too, it was, it was really yummy. Oh, man. You know, when you start talking about things like this, you realize how actually easy it is to eat 
in a healthy way that is so delicious. Yeah, they threw together three salads, a salad with every dinner, because they're like, you should have a little salad with every dinner. And we ate three dinners. It wasn't three course meals, it was a three dinner <laughs> meal. And I'm like rolling home. Yeah. Um, but they would put the coriander, yeah, in the salad that they made, whether wow. it was the microgreens or whether it was the slaw. Uh-huh. Um, and it is. And that's the thing about our Orland vinegars, too, if I may say so. Everybody talks to me, they're like, it just elevates your cooking easily and naturally. It because does. the flavor is already there yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we, I think we have talked about this before, but the first time we sort of got into this, we found a store in Napa mm-hmm. that had all these olive oils. And we were so excited when Queen Anne Olive Oil came into my building. Yeah. You know, and, and so excited that you've got it and are taking it in such great directions. Yeah. So we're Thank really thrilled. You. We want to, and I want to expose more people to it, especially up in the county where I live, Snohomish County, I'm like, okay, we need more here. And the more yeah. people who know about it just get the benefits, both the medical benefits, the health benefits, and the taste benefits. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's my goal and that's my passion now is spread the love, spread the good flavor. Uh-huh. Our tagline is gather, savor, and linger, and that's what I filter things through. It's like, yeah. you know. And you don't have to give that up during this COVID time. You just but you don't have to do, you don't have to do two yeah. hours either. I mean, right now, I don't, I don't know if people want to spend two hours in a store, nope. but, nope. but uh, it's, can, it's always a great field trip to drop into your store. And even if it's just for 10 or 20 minutes, yep, you still have a fabulous experience. so much stuff mm-hmm. that you can taste at the store that, you, you know, you can't do that when you go to like PCC or Whole Foods or anybody. But mm-hmm. uh, when, you, when you go over to your store, you can... You can mix and match all the oils and the balsamics exactly. and try them with bread or try them with other. Sometimes you have ice cream out. You know, mm. there's all kinds of crazy, crazy ways to mix those flavors all up. Yeah, that's more of the two hour experience when we were kind of more full for with that and yeah. could pull out the little ice cream cups for yeah. people to sample and, you know, people mix and match and all. Or if they're gift giving and want to really taste what they're giving to someone yeah. else and yeah. customize their gifts. We love helping people customize their gifts. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's fun mm-hmm. because it is just, you know, so perfect. You can match it to the person and it match is. it to your palate. And yeah. I had one young man come in and he's like taking his time and, and asked him, you know, if he's getting something special, he said, well, we were supposed to go to Italy for my mom's 60th birthday. And then, of course, that got canceled this mm. year. So I want to give her some things. From the, well, let me, you know, help you. Do you want yeah. some help putting that together, some suggestions? He said, yes. Then can we put that into a gift basket for you? Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. And, hey, uh, if you're like the man in my life, anytime that someone says they'll package it for you, yeah, it's like you're in. that's his place to go. <laughs> so, he's, you know, we made it look up pretty for her and I, you yeah. know. Hope she really enjoyed it because that we, gives us a lot of pleasure doing it to just kind of share that love, yeah, and give a sense of okay, you can't go there, but you can have a little tiny taste of it here. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I'd like to just before we wrap it up, just reiterate something you said about sometimes everybody's palate's different, and also sometimes you might think you don't like something. Yes, because there are a number of the um, like the Persian lime. Has never been something I care for, but mm-hmm. in things, in things, it's so good. Yeah. So you do want to try stuff out, and that's that's again where those longer times right. in the store can happen. Well, yeah. When you have conversations with my team and I, and it's like, like if you talk, say who you're getting a gift for someone, what's their flavor profile? Do you like sweet? Do you like savory? Mm-hmm. And then kind of mix and oh, try this or that and things that customers haven't thought of mm-hmm. mixing and putting together. Like, oh, you're not a fan of personal lime. Oh, well, you have to try it with this. Yeah. Or introducing people to shrubs, you know, natural soda. Oh, yeah. And then they try those and go, 
Oh my gosh, that's good. Oh my gosh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Pineapple, mango, peppermint. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. have done that. Dark cho- I had one customer who does dark chocolate shrubs. He says it reminds him of kind of like a dark soda. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've got to try that. Yeah. You never know. Never know. Well, we're so happy you're there, and thank, thank you, you for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Great. All right, we'll take a little break, and uh, we'll be right back with some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at revolvefoodwine.com. Hi, this is Kasia. I live in Snohomish, and my favorite little restaurant is right on the first street. It's called Gorilla Bites. And um, it's family-owned, and it's all organic food, extremely sweet atmosphere, delicious food, and I highly recommend you stop by and try. Hi, this is Kathy Casey, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin. I'm here with Connie Adams, and we have arrived at the portion of the show that on the inside we fondly refer to it as the outro. But for you, the listener, this is where you get your tips and tricks. Before we get to them, I want to thank Debbie Franz from A Bit of Taste, Queen Anne of Olive Oil, for coming in and doing the interview with us today. And now we've got tips and trips, tricks. <laughs> I'm tripping all over my you're, tips and trips. You're tripping over your trunk. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Tell us what you got. Well, here's what I'm thinking about um, in terms of dining, uh, just what we're all going through. Um, give yourself a break. I noticed recently in the last like couple weeks all of a sudden, I got really tired of cooking. And, and I've been enjoying it, actually. It's been really fun to pick out new recipes and twist them around to how I'd like to do them. And, um, but all of a sudden, we'd been doing it, you know, obviously, like everybody else, for several months. Um, I had a few disappointments, and I just thought, you know, I'm kind of done with this. So I started doing more takeout. Um, we went out a couple times. And, uh, and then I decided to make those chicken burgers and it worked and I got enthused again. Uh-huh. You know, okay, now I'm going to I'm going to get back to it again. I'm going to go to some of those recipes I pulled out and haven't tried yet and find some more good things. So give yourself a little break. Mix it up a little bit. You know, don't let yourself get to the point where you're never going to do whatever it is you're tired of again. Um, yeah, don't burn yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. Going in there seven days a week and cooking. You yeah. don't want to do that. You, you, need, you need the break. Um, everybody around you probably needs the break. Um, if you can get your kids. Well, I know one chef who has got his kids making Sunday dinners. Yeah, that's what you do. You know, so there's things like that. Well, you he can needs do. seven children. Yeah, that's what, and then he would never have to cook then again. Then he'd never have to cook again. Yeah, but we'd miss his food. But in any case. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my tip for the way. Mix I it up like and, that tip. I agree with that tip. 
Thank you. Um, let's see. Oh, my tip is uh, buying in bulk is mm. a problem right now. It is. I miss it. We can't go in with our little tiny plastic containers and get small amounts like two tablespoons of baking powder. Yeah, and I miss the, the um, herbs. So you know what? Um, baking powder... Uh, although the manufacturers will typically tell you it has about a 12-month lifespan, um, according to some of the professionals that I've spoken with, uh, <laughs> they say it really only has about a six-month lifespan. Really? So I went and got those three cans of baking powder out of my pantry that were <laughs> 10 years old and threw them all away. Oh, my God. So I wanted to buy some more baking powder, so I went to the to the PCC, and I went over to the bulk section. Uh-uh, you know I'm going to get to buy baking powder there, so I had to buy some, uh, uh, what's that, uh, uh, the guy out of Portland, he's not alive anymore, but his, his employees own the company. This is like Bob's Red Mill or something? Yeah, that's it, Bob's Red Mill baking powder. Well, I got a I got a bag of it, so it's like I don't know, it's like six or eight ounces. Mm. I don't need all that baking powder, so uh, I know a number of bakers, including you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you need any baking powder? Because yeah. I got some fresh, brand new baking. I'll powder. I'll tell you what, I bet mine is old, old, old in the cupboard. Yeah. So yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll whip up uh, four tablespoons of that for you, and then I'll get some for Aaron, and maybe some yeah. for Brooke, and I'll spread it all around, and that's how I'll deal with. Not being able to buy bulk right now. Yeah, that's nice. And also, uh, the whole sharing thing is a really nice thing because not everybody's getting out all the time or if they need one one thing, they don't want to go to the store. So if you end up having to do that and buy something bigger than you want, that's a nice way to... Yeah, and if they want to quarantine my little Ziploc bag when I give it to them, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, because they can, they can let that go for two weeks and yeah, it'll be fine. Let quarantine still. for three days. You'll be sure there's nothing on. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to wrap up. Thanks for joining us on the July show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. You don't want to miss all those recipes we're putting up there. Well, that's what I wanted to point out. We're putting up some really nice recipes right now. We got that that margarito recipe yes. up there. We've got uh, that Greek salad. We've got uh, a couple things you did. So mm-hmm. there's lots the of good panic- recipes going on. That panna cotta well, with the blueberry sauce yeah. is up there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. go check those out. All right, we'll see you back here in August. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.